Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Picture this, a world where each note of a song isn't just heard, but felt. Where melodies carry the weight of stories, emotions, and have the power to transform and to connect. This is the world singer and songwriter Chase Bell lives in, and today he's here to share it with us. In our conversation, we're peeling back the layers of his creative process, real talk about the highs and lows of making music that moves people. Chase opens up about the lessons learned from working with giants like Aloe Black, the adventures of composing across continents, and the science of sound with cymatics. And he also explores music's capacity to heal both the mind and the body. And in the world, buzzing with noise, he reminds us of the profound power of simply listening. So whether you're a musician, a musical lover, or just someone curious about the art of sound, this episode gives you a glimpse into the heart of a man for whom music is not just a profession, but a way of life. Chase Bell is here to remind us that in the symphony of life, we all have a note to play. Let's find out what that sounds like. Welcome to Superhumanize. Chase Bell, welcome to the Superhumanize podcast. I'm so glad we get to do this. I'm grateful to be here. This is so much fun. Oh, gosh, I have been really excited to talk to you because we met by chance, introduced by a mutual friend, new friend of mine, a long-term friend of yours. Here's a shout out to Christian. Uh, incredible human being and healer, he was so gracious to take me to Peter Diamandis X-Prize, where you were also performing and a guest. And we got engaged in a conversation about music, about cymatics, about humanity. And it was way too little time to get more in-depth. And I realized this is a really interesting soul and creator, and I'd love to get to know him more. So I'm really happy we get to do that today. Oh, thank you so much. He spoke really highly of you, so I had a high expectation. And sometimes, you know, when you meet someone, you have this high expectation you're expecting, but you just blew it out of the water. He was like, you know, she's beautiful. She's super intelligent. And you just hit all the marks so far, Ariana. Glad to have met you. And what a great place to meet someone too. With your background, you have this like cosmos behind you x prize it's an incredible place to meet people because it opens you up to people that are tackling some of the biggest problems in the world from what little i know about you i love the way you think and i'm happy to dive into music and humanity and whatever we want to talk about so this is cool wonderful and talking about the obstacles some of them quite massive as are the opportunities also massive that we are faced with Nowadays, I've always felt that music is a medicine for humanity because it transcends cultures, it transcends in many ways also linguistics and music, sound, frequency. That's been something my mind has tried to wrap itself around for a very long time. And I, I myself, I'm a writer, I'm a published author. I published some a novel, short stories, worked as a journalist. So I am familiar with the craft of storytelling in those types of vessels. Each right. 
Long form. Yep. And songwriting, the craft of songwriting, of course, is also storytelling. And it's often, it's similar, it's akin to a journey. And you weave through realms of emotion, narrative, melody. And I imagine it's a really intricate process. And every artist has their own unique pathway. And I would like for you to walk us through your very own process of creating a song. Like how, what is your process like from how do you get the download or the inception and what is the path to completion? Yeah. So you've written long form things. Writing is a very short form way to express oneself and, and to bring a story to light and to immediately connect to your audience is there's no ability to put anything other than what's absolutely necessary within the song in a very short amount of time to work with someone and to give them what you're going for emotionally. For me, the writing process is I liken it to digging for gold. You have there's gold deep underneath. As a writer, you know that you have to you have to go look for this deep thing you want to express. It's not right available to you right now, maybe. As a writer, you have to dig for it. So what are you going to do when you're digging? What's the first hundred layers is going to be dirt. So you have to, and some days as a writer, weeks sometimes even, you have to go through that dirt to get to the gold. Mm. Once you find the gold in the songwriting process, sometimes other people won't have, won't recognize it as gold. Gold is, we both recognize that as what that is. Writing sometimes it's just an inkling. It's just this like, inspirational spark you don't really know why you're inspired just moves you if you, you feel the passion towards it it's alluring grab there's a, some kind of weird gravitational thing that's going on when you find something just small it could be one word could be a phrase could be a melody there's and then you develop that and then you cultivate it and it yeah it's a great process it takes time it takes a lot of time i love the process of writing it's like one of the best one of the best things when you finally feel really grateful to have finalized a product, but also in the process of it. There's no way to express what's going on in your life in a better way for me than to put it into a song because we're all trying to be in harmony with each other and recognize that everyone's going through something that's very specifically related to them. So this, how do you find harmony when you have things that are so, so different music? It's just because it's explaining the inexplainable. So yeah, the process is at this point it's a daily thing. As I've been doing right, I've been writing every day for years and writing a production, making music production and, and performing are now all the same basically for me. But just strictly writing is an incredible process. And most of the process is not like shining that piece of gold and showing that piece of gold. It's the taking it's the process of getting rid of the dirt around that that you find it. So I love this analogy. I really like the symbolism of the gold and then, of course, the many layers of dirt <laughs> so that you have to get through. I think the true essence of an artist, in a sense, is also to not be afraid of darkness, to not be afraid of death, to be willing to peel back all of these layers, whether 
their cultural, environmental, whether they stem from childhood, all these superimposed things of what we believe who we are and getting to the core of who we actually be and bringing that aspects of that to the surface and then sharing it. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, also, I feel that there's a certain, you need to be connected to this childlike you, this perspective that comes from wonder, uh, perspective that also can embrace awe. Mm -hmm. I think that was really important in this creative process. And when you can connect to that part of yourself, I feel it's literally limitless. Yeah. You As an adult, you have to reignite that childhood ability to create with the background of the information that you gather that allows you to be good at all the different things you're good at because children are nothing but potential, but they're only potential. They haven't actually picked a lane, but they're able to be open, creative, receptive. And you have to, as you're as an adult and to be successful, you have to have that amazing background that you've studied and you've dedicated a massive amount of time to a process. And then you let you have that process that's ingrained in you, but you let it, you let your reflexology just be what it is and be open to, okay, there's something better beyond what I've thought before was writing really good writing is, you know, I can write you a song right now, but I want to write you a song that even I'm stumped by. I'm even, I'm like, whoa, how did that happen? Like it's, it's me, but it's also not me. It's a kind of universal mind. I think some of the best songs I have, they grip you in a way or they've gripped me in a way that I'm like, okay, that was a little bit of me, but it also was a little more of just being open to this other thing. I always re I recognize after owning a studio and, and all that is that there's these radio frequencies at all times being, they're just available to you at all times. And so writing, you, you, when, you're, when you try to make sure you're being available to a really high level of artistic expression, that might just be another signal that you just need to figure out how to line up with. And, and so one of the things I, I love is to not wait for inspiration, but to have inspiration find you when you're working. So that's why I love when I'm in a deep phase of like writing to be consistent and do it hours and hours so that if inspiration happens to come, it finds me when I'm ready for it <laughs> rather than the other way around where I'm like, oh, I'm in the middle of other stuff. I can't be inspired by a song right now. I've got like stuff to do. Yeah, that, that is also right in line with, I'm not sure if it was Stephen King who said that, and I'm paraphrasing, but the hardest and most important part about writing is to actually show up and <laughs> do it consistently yeah. Yeah. and make it a habit. And then that habit actually turns into who you are, part of your identity. And in that way, as you so aptly put, you are ready for inspiration when it finds you. And you actually also open the channels. They're not clogged because you're constantly in the state of, I am receptive. And right. I really also, what you said about these radio frequencies are around us all time, at all times. And there's, of course, this old school of thought that... Still, to some point, some people maintain that the brain creates consciousness, where the newer school of thought says that, no, <laughs> the brain is actually like a radio, and it picks up 
the consciousness that's all around. So it really depends on to is your radio switched on? Uh, mm. Which frequencies can it receive? <laughs> so yeah, so that all will affect your creative process. Do you have certain maybe certain tools, maybe certain practices that help you open up these channels even more? Yeah, I think so. I think the the best tool that I have is just doing it and making sure, like you said, to be making yourself available to it uh, on a time-wise, like making yourself have that time available and <clears throat> looking at a blank piece of paper, you have an opportunity to create anything out of that. So it's daunting if you've done it a thousand times, right? Because you're like, I need to do this again. Yeah, there's more to do. There's more to write. There's, there's, you start from fresh again. Tools. Yeah, the musical instruments I use are tools for sure to keep me inspired. I'm, I can, I don't need a studio. I don't need anything specific, just a guitar, just a, a melody, voice, piano mm -hmm. to, to put myself in a position where I'm like, okay, now I can try to find something new on the writing in the world of writing where I can develop my art tool place where someone else could ingest it, maybe learn something about the world or have at least that emotional inspiration with something that I'm trying to capture, always capture is music is free. So what we give to the world is a ability to jump into specific types of emotion whenever you want access to them. So we want to be easily accessible to all these like big powerful emotions, inspiration, confidence, love, romantic feelings. You want to have those at disposition. And that means that someone has imbued, in my opinion, someone has imbued these song, their time and, into songs where obviously it's a, it's a subjective concept, but you want to bring it to other people so that they can feel like, yeah, that makes me feel loved or romantic or happy or inspired or optimistic. Yeah, that's why I do it. But the big, biggest tools are instruments because I've always just been an instrumentalist and every one of my songs even has some of my songs have this big production feel, but you strip it down. It's just a vocal melody, lyrics and underlying harmony. It's as simple as that. It's for me as a non-musician, I learned how to play the piano, the classic Spanish guitar. This is a long time ago, so there's only residual knowledge and uh, actual skill left. However, so what you have described as right now, you use the word simple, this peak of the mountain, as you say, that you call simple. There's a vast mountain underneath of learning, of growth, also of not just successes, but overcoming challenges and especially challenges I feel shape us as individuals and they yeah. also can, speaking from my own experience, they deeply inform our artistic expression. So resilience in a sense becomes a cornerstone of life. And I know resilience is also something that is somehow a focus point of yours. Can you share an experience where overcoming a challenge significantly also affected your artistic journey? Yeah, of course. Many challenges have yet to be overcome. And when you overcome a challenge, it gives you that confidence that you, that as you approach the next problem, that you can say, okay, I've handled that. And so maybe I can handle this now. Maybe like this self 
understanding of that you can overcome. And yeah, resilience is really important. It's I've uh, on on stage in front of three thousand people right before I was performing in front of about three thousand people early in my career. The night before, I lost my voice because I overworked my voice. And my one of my consistent issues I need to prepare myself for is that I overwork. I don't order underwork. I overwork. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I was very when I, when I was very young, performing in front of three thousand people, I lost my voice. No voice to be found. And I wanted to quit and I wanted to, to give up. And my band was like, you can't. Maybe you can jump around a little more, but you can't not be there. You can not sing, but you can't not be there. It's, it feels like that hurdle is just so high. You can't not possibly get over it. But you stumble and you finally get over it. And then the next time, and then you like, next time you find yourself in that kind of situation, you're like, this is going to be okay. And the next time I was like, Africa last year, 60,000 people, lots of big issues came up that I was like every hour there was maybe I'm not going to perform maybe I don't have the right song maybe I'm not maybe I don't have the right microphone maybe they'll not like my music I was just like and then all every time I was like okay just another hurdles I just gotta jump over like no big deal so if you're going through something that you feel like you it's not going to be easy but what road of success is it's not really it's just not the easy path it's the it's the path that you feel like is the right aim that you feel like is worthy it's not like the easy way it's not the hedonistic route that's not what we're going for i love making music i do feel beautiful like i feel joy from it but at the same time it's is it about me yes but i want to make sure i'm delivering something where other people will be uh, like i said using that thing that i've been able to imbue into my art for their own benefit you know so that's not easy better that it's better that it's not easy because life itself can be hard it's worth very worth it and you when you it's like a security guard you want it you want your security guard at the front of your, the door of your of wherever you're going to be the strong most aggressive person that's been able to embody their incorporate their aggression the security guard who has his aggression incorporated you know so when i'm working with artists or i'm on stage and i do something very simple I'm not trying to show off. I don't have to show off because I know that I can do all the crazy things, but it's more than that. It's not trying to show off. Like that's anybody can play something fast, but if there's no emotion in it, then you as the audience will know. And that's not what we want. So I need to be deeply in, in, involved emotionally in order for other people to go, wow, that's he's involved in the, he's in, he's inside the music. And that's what's inspiring. That's what I'm going for. And it's the, like you said, it's the complexity that you have that, that allows the first thing that people think is just someone singing, someone's playing guitar, someone's making art that seems simple, but it's the best things are simple, meaningful, and true. Like you listen to songs, like a lot of times you listen to songs still, and I think, oh, I could do that. It's like, yeah, but can you though? Because that's actually really tough. Like all those, all the different layers of that to make it simple, because it's not easy. It, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my songs, a lot of my songs come down to when you boil them down, it's just, like I said, harmonic progression, lyrics, melody. Does that work? And then we can build it from there. We can add the production and the sound and sound design and the light design and the big events and all that. But does it have that beautiful emotional coherence? 
Yeah, I hear what you're saying. To me, it sounds like it's a distillation. It's a transmutation. It's alchemy in a sense. And it's vastly enriched also by the emotional experiences that you've had as an artist. And especially if it's not just, to use the words you used a few minutes ago, it's not just this hedonistic experience, but there have been trials and tribulations. There have been obstacles to overcome. All that filters into what you create, filters into your voice. And I personally also, as somebody who enjoys the arts, you you sense it. You connect to that richness. And there's something else that also I feel on a really profound level enriches, for example, musical music, yeah. musical expression. And that's if there's a rich life experience, uh, diverse global experiences. You also mentioned this before that you performed in front of 60,000 people in Africa. You've lived and performed in many different places. How have, can you tell us a little bit more about that and also how that has influenced your own musical perspective and also way of expression. Yeah, Ariana, I was thinking when you were saying that there's a building in Rome called the Pantheon. And every time, I don't know if you've seen it, but every time I walk into that little piazza there, I my brain's just blown away by the perfection of this piece of architecture that's been there for 2,000 years. So like, how do I know? As not a, I'm not an architect. How do I know it's perfect? It's just, there's something about it. Something very, in, I don't know if it's ingrained in our psyche that allows us to realize what really good architecture is, what really good art is, right? We don't know. I can't tell you what about that building that is. Maybe it's the, it's the mathematical equation. I don't know. I can tell you rather in music terms, what about these songs? What makes it so, I can tell you all the ingredients. I can bring it all, boil it down to all the different ingredients. But then there's another secret sauce thing. I guess that's the, of the five elements, right? You have earth, wind, water, fire, and then ether, which they don't really know what that is. That's, there's always that you got to be considerate of, which we don't know what, what that is, but you can develop all the other types of things. So going around the world, there's a universal language, which is uh, music is definitely a universal language means that you can harmonize with people no matter where they're from with music you know how to harmonize with people there's only a certain amount of notes to only 12 notes available to us unless you're in india apparently i haven't been i haven't been there they use different scales always like traditional ethnic indigenous people but in in modern western music the rest of the world usually works with these 12 notes and that's it that's all we have but think about what that can do it can do any just like vastness of the potential of what it can create so inspiring yeah people are more similar than they're different when you go around the world you should re realize that and we have this projection as americans this is the way it is there this is the way that it is. that's like it's not true really until you get there you don't really know what it's like 100 um, percent. and how many individuals don't even own a passport for whatever reason my heart just is a little bit sad for them because of all these experiences they miss out on. And what you just said really strikes a chord within me too. There's so many more commonalities that we have versus differences. The issue is that we are 
raised and also indoctrinated in a way to see differences first. Biologically, it makes sense from a survival mechanism. If something or someone looks different, they're potentially not part of your tribe that you know and that's kept you alive, so they're potentially a threat. However, <laughs> on the bigger scheme of things and also the, the, the greatness that humanity is and can be and can step into, I think it's of great benefit to actually rewire ourselves, to see commonalities first, to connect first, instead of driving a wedge between each other or differentiating. Celebrate, of course, your individual traits as a person, as a culture, and especially honor this magical thread that binds us all, that weaves us all together into this beautiful tapestry of life on this amazing planet and to grow into a society, into a race that values collaboration more than rivalry. Super important nowadays. I also believe that our ancestors thrived on collaboration instead of the mm -hmm. animosity and divisiveness that we're experiencing now, which I think is also artificially created for the gain of some few individuals or interests. And speaking about collaboration and in, in music, collaboration is, to use this word again, is like alchemy. I find it transforms the individual talents into something even greater. And you've worked with artists like Aloe Black. And I would like to know from you how these collaborations have shaped your own artistic process. Yeah, sure. The best songs I've written were written alongside other people. I'm definitely a very, I consider myself to be pretty stubborn. And so when I want something, I, I will go after it. In the songwriting process, though, you have to be more malleable, you have to be more flexible. And so someone else's conceptualization of lyrics or what words mean. I've, I've written a whole song with someone. And then at the end of it, I, I was like explaining what, what, in my opinion, was the song. And she, and she interpreted the song completely different. And I was like, how do we both interpret the song completely? We both wrote it together. <laughs> but that's okay. That's Everyone's allowed to their own interpretation. So, And that's the beauty because it would have never written that type of music without this other person injecting uh, concepts in, uh, into my sphere of influence or into my head or when we're writing something together. So Aloe Black, for example, was a big inspiration for me as a writer and a singer. So I first I studied his work and I studied the way that he sang, studied the way that he wrote. And then I started to write and sing like him. And then I was like, these songs sound like him rather than where I'm currently at. So I got in touch with him and, and then the writing process with him was very enlightening and inspiring. And I feel like the bigger the artist, the more that is what they're aiming at, inspiration for the other writer. A lot of times when you're showing off your art that's not fully fledged yet to people outside the industry, they can easily belittle it because it's not done. It's not perfect. When the song is done, the perfect song's out. It's hard to poke holes at it. But when you're in the process of writing something, right, you're not, you have not developed the concept. It's more like a piece of paper. It's like a, it's not a building. It's the architectural design on a piece of paper. And big artists that are very successful, they see that design. And instead of belittling it, they try to imbue you with inspiration because if you have that, if you have that inspirational passion, then you can figure out all the issues 
and you can maybe edit it so that when it gets to the big design, it will figure itself out. So yeah, collaboration is huge for me. Most of my songs are co-produced, which means that I could produce it myself. I could do the whole thing myself, but you don't want to have every single layer be my conceptualization of the way the world is. On occasion, you, I do write songs where it's okay, this is me and it's just me, but I feel like my best work is with other people. Even if I am like going back to the stubborn idea, even I'm like, this is no, but let's go back to this. This is really what I mean by what I mean to say by this. It's good to be strong about things, but then at the same time, you got to be able to like, okay, like I said, flexible strength and flexibility. So yeah, that was a big chasing your dream with aloe is awesome. It's a great way for me to spend about six months rewriting that song over and over again alongside him. And I think we found something that is something I just love. I can't wait to release another version of the song. And yeah, all, all the songs I have, all the songs that I'm writing, I, I relate back to all those relationships that I have. How would this person have written it? How would this person have told me what to do differently? So that's how it rubs off on you when you collaborate with people and you have that vast mix of, of abilities that you can, that doesn't get rid of your individual power. It, it strengthens you. I agree. There's tremendous power in the collective and learning to support each other and learning that there is an abundance. There's enough for everyone. And when we collaborate, we actually create more abundance. It takes us away from this mindset of fear and lack. And I think that is just such a beautiful way to live life and uh, also to work artistically. You have chosen pop music as the, if I may say so, genre or the yeah, sure. particular vessel within all the different ways that music can flow. And why is this for you particularly the way you want to express artistically? I know you have a profound reason behind it. That's why I'm asking the question. Oh, the background of my music is classical, jazz, R&B, blues, all those genres, country even a little bit. And all that is there at my disposition. But pop music, I want my music to be relatable to everyone. Ideally, the songs that I really strive to write are songs that it's not your type of music or my type of music. It's just everyone loves this song. There's a reason why everyone loves certain, not all pop. A lot of pop is popular for maybe it isn't. It's, well, there's a certain type of song I'm going after. That, that kind of song where, like I said, you boil it down to its simple ingredients. It's very well written well-designed, beautifully imbued with the right emotion. And everyone has accessibility to it and everyone feels harmonically responding to it. A lot of songs, a lot of different genres don't do that with people. Some people don't like country, don't like rock, don't like Afropop. They don't like, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but certain songs everyone loves. So I, I do strive for that type of song where maybe the productions of the songs that I have to imbue as an artist are, are going to be specific. It's going to be pop, maybe right now a little EDM, a little dancey, um, and singer-songwriter, because that's where I, my lane is. But yeah, pop, popular. Yeah, I, that resonates with me too. I have the, what I've published as a writer has been, in the German-speaking market, has been classified I'm not quite sure. I think in English you say high literature. The German word is belletristic. 
And while I like to write in that way and to express and all, I have been really fascinated with other genres of literature, such as, for example, thrillers. So the next work of fiction, I don't know when I'll have time to write it. I have so many things going on now. But writing is certainly one of the loves of my life. Thrillers, for example, give you the opportunity as a writer to bring really important subjects, themes to the attention of the reader and package them in a way that are relatable, that are entertaining, that are gripping. And so that is something I would like to work with. And That's you cool. And you have, with your songs, your music has some really very important and also uplifting messages. Can you tell us a little more about what's at the core of your uh, vision and, and mission? Yeah, I've written all different types of styles, some more thriller-esque, some different concepts, but I've been honing in on optimizing your optimism and having songs that really make you feel good about the world. I think it's important. I think that especially younger minds need that accessible. They don't, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be thrown on you, but what right now, what you hear that, that's popular, some, not all of it, but some of it is not very, doesn't lead to a very healthy mindset. So I feel like it's cool to be inspired and it's cool to be passionate and uplifting and confident and cool. Those are things I want to imbue in my music. Lyrically, a lot of times there's that, there's like uplifting harmonically designed songs, but lyrically, I think we lack a lot of the actual speaking to beneficial stuff because when songs are in your head, like it's basically a com communication between yourself and I have great songs in my head and I want other people to have songs where they're really thinking about how do they, what's the next step of their life? You know, what is, where's my life going? My sky has no limits. Like it's nothing more than that. What is, is the glass half full or half empty? Keep the glass half full. You keep it. You better keep it half full. It's not, and do it for someone else too. It's share it with, share that glass of optimism with someone else, a friend. Chase your dream. Don't be, don't be chasing many dreams. You can have many dreams, but today you only have one that you remember. Just one at a time. You start to split your energy. As an artist, we tend to split our energy too much. We're creative, receptive, and open. Right? It's one of our personality traits. And, but that leads to being too many, that's, you don't get traction like that. So it's chase your dream, one dream, chase that one dream. You can catch up if you chase one, you start to chase two or three or four or five, won't be good. And then make love a habit. Like making love a habit is a song, I, another song I wrote with Aloe Black and I released it. Two versions are out, acoustic version and a more like EDM dancey song. And yeah, making love a habit is important because you're going to get good at what you do consistently. That's the reason I'm not good at guitar. Like I, I'm not talented. If people see me play and they see me produce and they're like, oh, wow, you're so talented. I'm like, I'm really not talented. I'm, I, I've met people when I was growing up that were talented, but I'm dedicated. And I've done this so many times. Nothing can throw me off. Like I, I can, but that's not really called talent, but it's more like a cultivated concept. So making love a habit is about being consistent, telling the people you love that you actually love them because sometimes they need to hear that more than once. 
or twice or three or four times. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> just going through the songs I've re- released recently that have like, this lyrical and in lyrically are imbued with uplifting energy and uplifting emotions. That doesn't mean that I'm not like someone that has all this different array of emotions. Yes, but when I'm listening to music, I'm picking, I'm choosing to have the kind of music that's going to uplift me. That's what I want. I love that, Chase. And uh, I think it's really profound. Our habits become our identity. Now, a lot of times people think, okay, identity, that's like set in stone. No, (laughs) you can have an identity shift. And in order to happen, you change your habits. I love make love habit. I love the positive lyrics, the messaging in your songs. We um, are living in such interesting and intense times. And I think wherever we can raise the frequency, raise the vibration in our smaller circles or on the planet, such as music has the opportunity to do, if we can do it, we got to do it. It's our duty. And yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And Ariana, when I was at when I was at I go to clubs and I perform at clubs a lot, right? And a lot of times people will come up to me and say, I love how inspiring your music is because it's usually not what we hear in these clubs. Like your music has some serious and it takes I'm happy to say that it really it takes a lot to stand up to the way that like all the rest of the stuff is and do what you really think is right because that's what we're here for. Go after what you think is right. And then the culture might tell your that type of music actually isn't what people want. What people want is the the stuff that's all the crap. People want that. That's what sells. No, that's what's sold for you. But for me, I'm going to write what I believe is right. Because when I was a little kid or when I was a developing psyche, I wanted someone to imbue me with confidence and power and successful attitude, right? And so why don't you do that? You know, yeah. like this concept that, the like you said, changing your personality has to do with the people around you because you, I think a lot of times not to blame your personality on other people. I'm not saying that, but you know, if you you get a fresh start with new people and they see you in a new, they don't have this history of of your personality from before. So you can redesign yourself and repractice new concepts with people. So that's, what's beneficial about changing cultures or going into meeting new people. Uh, you get to redesign what you're doing here. And, and how you're doing it. Yes. And words have such power. Frequencies have such power. Music, musical lyrics can become your mantra. So if yeah. you are in a place where you are evolved enough to realize all this, I think it is contradictory to actually create anything that is the opposite. So much of the music out there is actually so deeply steeped in dark and negative things. Now, especially in the arts, of course, we also illuminate the darker aspects of human nature. We illuminate, we look at, we dissect violence. It's not about suppressing this at all. We need to talk about and explore all these different facets of the human condition I think it gets problematic when we start glorifying some of these less evolved aspects and especially when indoctrinate our youth with them because that's the music they get exposed to. That's what's seen as cool as having made it, whether it's uh, subjugating women or whether it's making, having money 
the actual goal itself versus right, yeah. just using it as a an energy as a tool to making bigger greater things happen and those bigger greater things are not 10 Bentleys in the garage. If you enjoy this and it gives you pure joy and happiness, then get to that stage. Enjoy it so you can level up from that and maybe enjoy other things like building 10 schools in the Himalayas where you serve something bigger than just the, I don't know, the approval seeking of your ego. But I think it's so important what you're doing to offer alternatives. This is very powerful selling. I love it. Yeah, you got to pick a lane in what you're what you're representing. And I have represented different things. And I guess my story is to explain to the success story of Chase Bell relates to when he started to give much more beneficial knowledge through music. If you look at his past music, when it was different, it was more like the party scene. And that just wasn't the successful time of Chase's career successful part of Chase's career is going to be the optimizing your optimism time. Mm-hmm. And and I think people need that. Like you said, like there's a lot of music that's for the audience first. And really in, in, in the creation of art, the audience comes last. It's the last part of the process. You can see how it reflects to them. But if you're only doing it for them, then you miss the point because you're, you're missing who you, what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to really love the music yourself. And then if you love it, then maybe someone else will love it. But first, you got to love it yourself. So I can't write music. It's going to be anything other than inspired or make when I listen to it, I go, yeah, that's how I want to feel. I want to feel that, that that progression. Yeah, is that that harmonic progression is how I want to feel. Mm-hmm. That's why I write a lot of chords that are four, five, six or four, five, one. It keeps building you up. Wonderful. And I really like what you said about, about love the music yourself it's also and also i think in essence it's about loving yourself and growing into that and i think it's of great value for uh, whether it's your closer circle of friends or a larger audiences when you work as an artist to also see that evolution in the artist in the personality in the writer in the i don't know news anchor in the athlete doesn't matter but to see mm-hmm. that evolution in that person too. Nobody started out, quote, perfect. I don't believe in perfection anyways. But everybody had different stages in their journey. And to see that you can evolve, you can change, you can grow is super important as well. I come from a, I was born in Germany, a country I love, a country of a lot of amazing things, a country also with dark parts of the history a country where people from my generation and older, I feel, are locked into, most of the times, it's not a growth mindset. So if somebody, let's say, has been a teacher in the past, he's always seen as a teacher. Uh, People like to put people in boxes, which makes sense. It's less complicated for the brain to be able to just put a certain label on things. Yeah. So I think it's super important to... Also, lead by example. and sh- That's the European, like, I've heard this before, the tall grass concept where you get, it's the tall grass that gets cut. The ones that are the outliers, they really, there's the ones that get cut to fit into that box. And that's the reason why, especially in England, I'm thinking of England as, as a particular, but yeah, I think Germany is probably similar. These old cultures where they've already done huge things and you walk around, especially, in, I remember living in Rome. You walk around, you're like, look what they did. Let's just enjoy whatever we do is not going to compare to the Romans. You're probably right, but I'm from New York. 
where all the buildings are brand new. All the buildings are huge and we own the world now, or at least the way it feels, that's the way it feels. I don't know if that's true anymore. Maybe it's probably changing a little bit, but that's where I'm from. I'm from that type of mentality where it's, if you want something, build it now. And I've been going to other cultures. They may be lacking that, but they have a superiority in like enjoying life. Italians not enjoy life. New Yorkers don't. So that's why you get that good balance from different types of music. That's why you get that good balance from different types of cultures. And then you find your own personality and individualism in that. And you decide, okay, this is what I'm going for. There's something I wanted to talk about as well. It's an interesting, not concept, it's actually a science. And with connected to what we talked about, about the type of messaging that you have in your song lyrics and the positivity, how you want to uplift people. And if you look at the science of cymatics, it illustrates how sound influences matter. And I think this gives a unique perspective also on music production. So in cymatics, they like to use a medium, let's say, like sand. So they study vibration and how it's made visible. And so when you have a certain vibration, you have the sand, it forms certain patterns, other vibrations, other frequencies form other different patterns. So sound, vibration can absolutely affect the physical world. We also know of studies where certain frequencies affect the growth of specific bacteria. I think there was something funny I saw in a documentary once, not funny, actually mind-blowing, where they measured, I think it was yogurt and the live cultures in there and how they reacted to when you screamed at it and how they reacted to when you were just really peaceful and mm. Have you seen Dr. Emoto's, I think it's called The Way of Water. Dr. Joe Dispenza had this movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? And it was all about, and I, I watched this when I was like 12, 13, 14 years old. And I was like, this is incredible. It's all about how the mo monks in Asia somewhere, I don't remember where, were spoke to a specific glass of water and it said, love you. And then to a different glass of water, so I hate you. And then you look at the different, on the molecular level, you look at the water And you're like, that looks beautiful when he said, I love you. And it looks deformed and just strange to us when you say, I hate you. I think that has something to do with, yeah, there's some validity in, in that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, we, we are made of water. Semantics, you said? Cymatics. Cymatics, yeah. Semantics is about the different words. It's cymatics, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that frequency or the way in which songs relate to you on a physical level is definitely apparent. And there's this, it's, I'm a creator of music, so I'm creating the art. So like a lot of times my songs are not about where I am, but where I want to be. I'm projecting into where I want to be. And so I'm constantly jumping into trying to make myself feel better because if I can raise my own emotion, maybe I can help raise yours too, right? Yeah. And your quantum leaping into that version of who you want to be. Because yeah. as, you're, as you're singing it, as you're performing it, you are actually being it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm hesitant with sad songs. That's why I'm really hesitant when I'm, you know, sometimes you go through a moody phase and that's good. Sometimes those songs are good, but I want songs that I will be performing where I feel good about them. So, you know, that's why I'm all, a lot of times writing songs, it could, it could be about anything. But as long as it tries to bring you up to the next level, that could be like an understanding of your emotional place right now. But where you point the energy is really like where I want it. 
I want to point up with the energy. From, yes. No matter where you start, because it doesn't really matter where you start. As long as you're pointing in a beneficial place. I like that. Yes. Absolutely. And somebody who pops into my mind, different, different creator, but is Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz mm -hmm. is right up there with Stephen King. I've always, I haven't read anything by him in many years, but I used to devour his books. Something I always loved about him was, even though he touched onto some of the darkest, most scary aspects of humanity, and obviously he also wrote about all kinds of non-human events and beings, he always lifted you up. You always went out of one of his stories feeling uplifted. So from the place of darkness that he visited as a storyteller, you just came out of it feeling good. And I think there's huge value in that. Also what you just said, because it teaches us how out of adversity, we can actually move towards not just survival, but even triumph. How out of darkness comes light. Cymatics, to circle back to that, I find so fascinating because it visually demonstrates how sound frequencies actually influence and organize matter, right? So yeah. to know that music, the physical embodiment of sound, can have incredible effects on our physicality and, of course, also on our mind, on our emotional state. Music is just such a powerful and actually really magical thing, I feel. And yeah. I, I feel that it can have a profound effect on healing and transformation on a deep personal level and also on a global level. Yeah, when I was in, this reminds me of a time when I uh, was in the middle of the woods, and this is more related to music and nature or music's ability to, or, or music's inherent natural uh, place. Uh, so I was in the middle of the woods. I was like 14 or 15 years old. And I stopped because I heard all these ch chipping of chirping of frogs and insects so blaringly loud that I was like, wow, this is obnoxiously loud, this whole area. And then I started to be able to learn all that these, that these insects were in harmony with each other. Like they were chirping in relation to each other and the volumes were increasing and decreasing. And I got to the point, I just stood there for like, I don't know how long, maybe it was an hour. I don't really know how long, but I stood there for a long time. and was just like completely in awe of listening to these frogs and insects communicate with each other and interspecially communicate with each other and to be in harmony with each other. Now, maybe they were fighting each other. Maybe they were fighting each other for space within the harmony of the song, but they were all in this song together. And it was just like, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to explain this to anyone. They're going to think I'm on drugs and listening to insects. But it was just like this blaring, whoa, when you listen to a symphony, what you're hearing is someone dictating the harmonies and melodies and, and stuff and counter melodies of all these different instruments. And I heard that in nature very early at a couple different times of my life. And I was like, okay, it's not this weird human concept. It's nature. It's built within us. Very cool concept that I would love to go into the rainforest again and, and be open enough to hear that again. Uh, it could be really cool. Yeah, I was just thinking about the rainforest. Uh, I have never been to the Amazon before. I do feel called to go, especially recently. I 
new friend just related to me how what impacted him most was just the aliveness of it all not just visually but also audibly just the aliveness and how everything yeah. you know, word symphony and to be able as you did at, at such a young age to actually tap into this art of listening so not just to music to others but to actually listen to the world that's amazing and so you picked up on this really early on how has listening actually influenced you as an artist <laughs> listening is the first and foremost concept of any musician that's the first thing they're doing when I, when I listen to any song, I, if I have an instrument near me, I can immediately pick up the key and the harmonic progression within five seconds or so. And when you're writing, when you're producing, when you're on stage, you're listening to the audience in a weird way, which is really strange, but you're listening to the audience and you can't ever talk to the audience or you can't even really listen to what the audience is doing, but you listen to an individual, like we're having a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. You, took, you pick one person in the audience and you see how, how what you're doing reflects to them. And they'll tell you how the whole audience is, is, is experiencing your music. So you know like, when you have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone how your, your music is being reflected back to you. Yeah, listening is something you can never, can never stop learning how to do that because if you stop that, the whole thing falls apart. You need to be in harmony with each other. So in order to be in harmony with each other, you need to be listening and interacting and, and open to, we don't know exactly where this conversation is going, but have a framework for it. But I'm relating back to you, what you're saying and how I think of it is like this. That's, and then music is the same. There's melodies and there's counter melodies and there's harmony. And, and there's, that's framework for the whole thing to work <laughs> through listening. Mm -hmm. And um, once we tap into that, into the really listening, also listening to music and actually shutting down our thinking mind, but just going with the flow of music, it can really cause a state change. Sometimes not even just, quote, feeling better or feeling uplifted, but I've heard people talk about how music can induce transcendental and deeply spiritual experiences. And whether it's listening to it, whether it's playing it, or whether it's dancing to it. And have you ever had such an experience while performing music or creating it or while listening to it? Yeah, I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have specific songs that I feel like were written through me rather than by me. That's a kind of transcendental. You don't know exactly what's going on, but a lot of times I'll have these weird, I still have these dreams where the ends, as I start to wake up, I have this reminiscence of what was happening in the dream and it's mostly frequency or sonically. And it's just, an, I, I don't know how to pinpoint it. I can't play it. I can't explain it perfectly because it's a dream state, but it's, but maybe when you're sleeping, that's always being, that's a way for your body to re relax into a deep healing state. Maybe it's what one of the things that happens is that our brain and, and mind and spirit come into cohesion and maybe it has something to do with uh, frequency and harmonic balance. We know this things happen, but we are not there to witness it. So we can't say, okay, that's, that's what's going on. But since I dive into music every day, I'm dreaming about music too. And that can be transcendental, that feeling. 
but also on the on the, <laughs> some songs I've written are where like the lyrical message was like a smack in the face from some other world, and I can't tell you what that is. I only have a conceptuality of what it might be, but I don't know what it is. But sometimes songs will be phrases of songs will come to me so strong that it'll be like you can't let this one go. This is not a negotiable. This is big deal song. It might take me a year to develop that song. I don't know, but having that. I can't explain it in any other way besides, I guess, transcendental is the right word or otherworldly. There's a question I ask every guest on this podcast. And okay, great. Yeah. And that has to do with practices. I always love to learn from all the amazing people that I get to talk to. What is something that it can be something that has been with you for a few years? It can be something you recently discovered some kind of a practice that has elevated you mentally, physically, or spiritually, or maybe all three. Practice, practice, lots of practices that I do. Playing an instrument every day is important. It's a part of how I stay uh, uplifted no matter what's going on. That's important. And also keep my chops up because you want to be at a high level of performance. It means you need to be able to just not worry about the notes. They are there at your disposal. So I play, I practice playing and we think of playing the word as being a child to be able to play you have to be childlike so playing music is practicing it but also you're playing with it so you know that's a big one i have a ho'oponopono maybe you've heard of that which is a mantra right and yes. uh, can you explain it to the audience for those who may yeah not sure it's it's a hawaiian healing tradition that has to do with self-forgiveness and related to your own conception conceptuality of the way the world is. Obviously, I'm interpreting it a little bit. My own design. But thank you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you is the four phrases. And it's a good framework to whenever you feel like the world isn't quite right. Wait a minute. No, the world's right because God made it right. And maybe you're interpreting it incorrectly. So in that case, let me just say thank you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you because might as well. Because yeah. And yeah, songs are, are like you said, mantras. So there's no time for sleep when you're chasing a dream. You got the sky in your reach. You could do anything. Like you're riding on a shooting star that won't run out of steam. There's no time for sleep when you're chasing your dream. As we're, we're awake, we might as well be chasing our dream. So the songs that I write are mantras and I do practice them. And they're, and the reason why I'm practicing them, I'm trying to, especially the new ones, trying to figure out what's, what can, how can I make them better? How can I make this mantra better so that easier to remember or saying the right thing. Beautiful. Good practices to have. <laughs> yes, wonderful practices. Chase, this was a really, I love this in-depth conversation. Lots of it to think about for myself. I think also for our listeners. I, yeah, I just really love the flow of our conversation. You yeah, have thank a, you for the invitation, Ariana. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It was a true pleasure and I look forward to Seeing you perform soon. Yes, hopefully soon. And keep superhumanizing the human spirit. We need more of that, Ariane. The same to you. Thank you for <laughs> humanity and everything you put forth. It's really a blessing. Thank you for awesome. coming to the show today. I'll see you soon. For those of you who want to do a deeper dive and start optimizing mentally, physically, and spiritually, head over to my newsletter to superhumanize.com slash newsletter and sign up. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution.